0: Yeah, Vegas, baby. Vegas. It is the Even Money podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, classic journeyman. Got a bunch of podcasts. Ross Tucker Football Podcast is every day, 30 minutes or less, letting you know everything you need to know about the NFL and what's going on. Of course, the Fantasy Feast podcast. We will record tomorrow. We'll talk more prop bets on that one, how to play fantasy for a one game slate like that. The college draft podcast, people are loving this time of year as 30 teams are getting ready for the NFL draft. Make sure you're listening to the college draft podcast. It'll help you with the NFL draft bets that have been very, very profitable for us over the years. Check me out on social media, please at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. You can always check out the show on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Ross Tucker NFL, and should always check out our guy Steve Fezik on Twitter at Fezzik Sports. He is the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, and there's only one week. I can say this, Steve. It is the Super Bowl week, so. You've won the Super Bowl Professional Football Gambling. We've got the Super Bowl this week. I am curious. Typically, how many bets do you have? How much do you put into it? Is this a very profitable day for you? Is it not? Talk to me, Steve.
1: Yeah, so 25 to 50 bets is typical. And all kinds of ancillary stuff. If somebody puts out a weak parlay card, I'll certainly be playing – multiple permutations of that as well. Uh, The truth is the pros very rarely have a big bet on the side or total. However, every pro I talk to that's successful, this is their most bet on game and it makes sense with a thousand different props to wager on, surely you can find value on 3% of them and wind up with an enormous portfolio.
0: Interesting, so that's what they end up betting is typically the
1: props? Oh, absolutely. So it's very rare that a pro really bet makes any type of type of big bet. Now, I get it. You're going to have the media, this guy bet a million and this guy bet 300,000. Ross, those are just recreational bettors that are thumping their chest and are making millions and millions of dollars doing something else, producing movies and selling hamburgers in Texas. And they just want to make a big bet on the NFL. But the true pros, it's very, very rare that they invest anything substantial on the cider total.
0: Out of the 25 to 50 bets for you, and we'll get into them. You're not gonna we're not gonna go over all of them. How many of them are football props? How many of them are non-football props? The other things, you know, Gatorade, color, anthem, any of the other things,
1: coin toss,
0: what I would consider non-football props.
1: Yeah, about 90% football, 10% ancillary stuff that um, ideally you have some information. If you've got a friend who is privy to the rehearsals, for instance, for the anthem and the halftime show, well, that's insider information, which uh, I can't use to trade stocks, but you can certainly use it to make money sports betting. You know, I'm glad you
0: said that. I was going to ask you about that. Is there anything illegal about that? Like if you, if someone has inside information on, you know, the, the rehearsal times for the anthem or something, and they tell you, and I know there's small limits anyway, but let's say you bet whatever you can and blah, blah, blah. Could you get in trouble for having access to inside information? Or could the person
1: that provided you the inside information get in trouble? I have no law degree. So let me preface that. Having said that, I find it hard to believe that someone is, who's just a janitor sweeping floors and, obs- and is observing a rehearsal is going to get in trouble for texting something out and providing information. I think where you go past the gray area is when you get an NFL trainer who is providing that information for money to an out- external source, and there I'm going to have to defer to all the law students out there to do their research and get back to me.
0: So of the 10% that's ancillary stuff, are there's certain ones every year, right? Like that, it won't go to overtime. There's certain ones that, that you have like certain stock
1: props you do for the Super Bowl every year, right? Sure. I always bet no overtime. There have been, what, 55 games and what? There's been one overtime. So you do the math, 54 and 1, you're going to make quite a bit of money risking 10 to make a dollar, which you can do right now. That's a good bet. But there are better bets to be made, and frankly, the square balls are going to be out there in force betting yes. Oh, I think it's going to be a really close game. This game's going to go overtime. Guess what? Even if you knew it was going to be a really close game, it's still a crappy wager to bet plus 650 on the yes. Even with the way these playoffs have gone? you know, That's a great point that you bring up, because obviously we've had six straight games where – It's gotten decided virtually on the final play. Irrelevant. The small sample size, what do we, magically in 2022, this is the year every single playoff game is going to be close, right? And so 20 years of data is irrelevant, but this year, all the games are going to be close. And, you know, that's a classic example where the the, the long-term trend is much more important in distribution than what's happening this year.
0: That's what they call recency bias, right? That you 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 just think all these games are going to overtime and field goal games it's going to
1: continue. Well, you and you got to be careful with recency bias because I'm sure there's people that absolutely lost their shirt when steroids became prevalent in in the MLB by saying, "Oh, you know, this this scoring is an aberration. It's going to revert back to the mean." Same thing with the NBA. "Oh, they're not going to keep scoring 10 points more than they've scored historically." But there was a fundamental shift or change in the game that had happened in MLB and in NBA. I see no reason why that's going to happen in the NFL, however.
0: So I recommend a fundamental shift and change for a lot of people. If you want to have guns like Steve Fezzik is showing off on our YouTube page right now, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you need to drink your veggies. Like I do now. I still eat some veggies. I just had a salad actually with peas and carrots in it. But I started taking athletic greens because I don't like eating vegetables that much. I'd rather drink them. It's like a powder. You put it in your water. You shake it up. You drink it. It's awesome. It's like taking all your multivitamins, getting all your whole food sourced superfoods, getting your probiotics, getting your minerals in one and you're done. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. This is better. It was created because the founder was having gut health issues. And it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com money. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash money to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Steve, just to set things where they are so people know, we're going into the last week of the season. Here's where we're at. I am up six units. Steve is up 61 units. Our best bets for the year are 36, 18, and 1 for a strike rate of 65%. I know you talk about this all the time, Steve, but the best of the best, the guys that really do this for a living, what's their average strike rate over the last 10 years?
1: 54%? 54% 54 is just about it. NFL sides, totals, NBA sides, totals, Ross. Nobody does better than that? That's a great question. There is no one in the world that I can find that is able to hit higher NFL or NBA. I believe there's a group called Right Angle Sports. I think that they've hit over 55% in college basketball. That's the only one I know of.
0: The only group and sport that you're aware of that's consistently over 55% is that
1: one group and college hoops? Yes. Now, I don't want to get people mad at me. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of people that hit close to 60% betting props and focusing solely on props. It's a much softer market with much lower limits. So, Steve, you know, I know we just
0: do it by units, right? So, and, you know, we've talked about this before. We just talk about how many units were up. I'd be curious to see what we where we're at the last five or six years.
1: I, I gotta tell you, Ross, we've run good. We've had really good handicapping and we've had our share of fortunate results. We've done well with teasers, although it always seems like when we lose a big teaser, it, it train wrecks our portfolio. But I'm I'm the guy that always comes on and says, you know, this past performance in many ways. Cannot be replicated going forward. Be careful. We are not going to hit close to 60% going forward. But it's nice that we've done so well.
0: Well, you've been ridiculous this year. I'm hoping I can have a better bounce back here next year. Let's start with this game. It's kind of a big one. It's the Rams and the Bengals. It's the Super Bowl. The Bengals are getting 4.5 points. The total is 48 and a half. Do you have any bets on the spread or the total,
1: Steve? None. I have bet neither as of yet. And it's certainly possible I will have no bets on cider total in this game, Ross.
0: Why? Um what do your power rankings make the, the, the
1: game? My power rankings make it three on a neutral. I'm gonna give the Rams one for you know, being in their home state, etc. cetera. I've been thinking about this. I might give the Rams another point. I don't like the heat wave in Southern California. I don't like a team in Cincinnati. It was so cold. They had to practice indoors last week at University of Cincinnati. And now they go out to LA. I get it. Game's going to be fairly late. And the weather probably won't be that big of a factor. My worry is the factor of the week of the practice. I want to ask you, Ross, in a week like this, I know the Rams are used to all this. Aren't the Bengals going to be hanging out in Malibu till like 2 in the morning and just, I get it, it's a huge game, but there's got to be more distractions for the Cincinnati team than the Los Angeles team, right? You
0: would think so, yes. The Los Angeles guys should be used to it. I don't know what the team policies will be given COVID still. I don't know if they're more restrictive of these guys, and I don't know what Zach Taylor is going to have those guys do. I I believe, are they there already? Because I thought they weren't getting there till like Thursday
1: or something. E- even worse. Because so they'll be coming from the cold of Cincinnati, and now they'll have a shorter acclimation period to the heat. Either way, I don't like it.
0: Yeah, I'm curious about that. Because last year, I don't think they went to the stadium till Saturday. This year, it's like, I, mean, I don't think they went to the city till Saturday. Because hmm. of COVID. This year, it's like Thursday or Friday. So they're not even there yet. Um, but I don't think that, you know, I don't know if they're partying in Cincinnati or what they're doing. Um, but I think it's a fair point. I got to tell you, Steve, tell me where I'm wrong here. I love the Bengals getting four and a half points. I've got two units on it. These guys don't blink. You know, they've beat the Ravens, Steelers, and Chiefs 6-0 this year against those three teams. They play a lot of close games. They win a lot of close games. We've seen a lot of close games in the playoffs. If they came back to win against the Chiefs down 21-3, I feel like they can hang. Against the Rams. I, I, I'm i not going to say this is a toss-up game. I think the Rams are a little bit better. But four and a half, Steve? I mean, if I think it's almost a toss-up game, and I'm getting four and a half more than a field goal, I really like the Bengals. It's a two-unit play for me. W-
1: where am I going wrong here? What am I missing? Well, if you looked at the underlying stats during the playoffs, I almost feel like that guy. Remember the movie Big? Was like, I don't get it. You're like, I. well, if you looked at your memo and saw the double-blind results that was presented in your pamphlets there, you would see that the Rams have massively outgained all their opponents in the playoffs, and the Bengals have been outgained by each and every opponent. The Rams are out first downing their opponents by five first downs per game. The Bengals are getting out first down by two first downs per game. If you had studied that, I think you would be able to get it then, right?
0: <laughs> oh, um, that's from the movie big I love that he just goes I don't I don't get it
1: and then but he was right right they, they end up going with right. him he was he absolutely was right and then he he, he changed it to be what, what's fun about a building let's make it like some kind of prehistoric bug and it's like this is a very good idea bug Kids would buy that. That's fun. That just doesn't happen. Guys just don't come in and say, bug, like that. This guy's a ringer.
0: Total, 48 and a half. You got any, obviously you
1: don't have a bet on it. Any lean, any thoughts? Just the idea that Super Bowl starts slow. The stats say, or the history says, since the turn of the century, if you did nothing but bet second half to outscore first half, You're 15, 5, and 1. Second halves have averaged 27 points. First halves, 20.5 points. So I bet that. I bet that uh, pretty much every year. So uh, I laid minus 130 when I played at second half to outscore first half, one of the bets that I really like. I expect Cincinnati to be too conservative with Burrow getting sacked so much. I think that the Rams will be a little close to the vest as well. So more scoring second half. Any other, um, Steve,
0: let's dive into... So just for the record, I am, uh, for grades, our Australian sensation that grades us every week, I'm in for two units on the Bengals, plus four and a half. Uh, Any, Steve, what other props should we know? I know, obviously, our listeners can follow you on social media, at Sports. You're not going to go over 25 to 50 of them. But a few other props that you like for this game that potentially you'll even give as a as a play on this show?
1: Sure. So I'm pro-Rams, and I do think you know the box scores have certainly favored the Rams tremendously throughout the playoffs. So across the board, I bet the Rams to have more yards, the Rams to have more first downs, the Rams to have the last possession of the game. I only had to lay minus one twenty on that. The Rams to um, have more time of possession, minus 120. I'm trying to get at the Rams at cheap prices where they're on bets that are very heavily correlated but not have to lay the minus 200 on them to win the game.
0: Interesting. You know, that makes sense, last possession, because if you think they're going to win the game, they might be taking a knee or whatever. It, they they got a better than 50-50 chance to have the, the ball last
1: yeah absolutely and you know look no further. I think there's a prop well the quarterback take the last snap from center well' a quarterback rush be the final play, you know and that's a pretty big favorite showing you know how often the team that wins the game you know winds up having the ball for the very last snap
0: so I like um I kind of like the quarterback rushing yard over. I think Stafford is like five and a half. Uh Burrow's a little bit higher this time. He was eight and a half last week. Now they got him at 11 and a half, but still, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. You know, that's one rush for Stafford and maybe even one rush for Burrow. Maybe it's two, but I don't know. I kind of like the over for quarterback rushing yards for both.
1: It's the only way I would look. And bottom line, these quarterbacks put it all on the line. We all remember the Elway helicopter run where he got smacked around. He would never do that during the regular season, but when it comes to the Super Bowl, the deeper you go in the playoffs, the more you're willing to put your body on the line for the ring.
0: Speaking of putting things on the line, Steve, it's unbelievable how many things that you can invest in these days, stocks, crypto, even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares Representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, Warhol. I'm very impressed. I know it's Monet and not Monette, by the way. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the GOAT. They've received over 30% internal rate of return, IRR, in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of two paintings. Just go to masterworks.art. Slash money. That's an interesting website. art slash money. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. All right. Let's get to some questions, Steve, because we have some good ones and I love it. So, Bri, hit the fancy sounder, please. Ever wanted to ask a professional sports better a question? It's time to Ask Steve. This is really important, by the way, because, you know, starting next week, we'll obviously go over the Super Bowl and we'll recap the season. Then we get into our season win totals, which is fun from last year. Then we take our first look at the season win totals for next year. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff we do in the quote-unquote offseason, season. That we really want you guys to get involved in. So I know some of you just listened during the season, but we're talking about this stuff, and Steve's giving you tips and bets on other sports all year round. So make sure you're subscribed and you're listening or watching in the off season as well. So this comes to us from Jared Hassenkam. Now this might have been must have been a while ago. Maybe he didn't use a sponsor. So I didn't get to it till now, Steve. Um It's an analysis of a bet that was offered on sports bet in Australia. He's got a bet that I think is great, but he wanted to know if it was true plus EV or not. Bills, Ravens, chargers, Titans, all to go over nine and a half wins at plus 700. That seems like a really good offer. Jared, I think it's a bad offer because I don't think the Chargers and Ravens are going to – no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Now that we know that, right? Um, But I guess – wow, this is before the year. He could get Titans, Bills, Ravens, Chargers all over nine and a half wins at plus 700, which, by the way, was looking real good for a while there, Steve. Plus 700 on those four. I mean, what would
1: you even call that? 14 parlay. 14 parlay. Fourteen parlay, yeah. I hate it. I think it's horrendous, uh, and here's why: the there's an implicit bias in the season win numbers. We spoke about this. They're too high. They averaged eight point six um, in terms of what's dealt, but with a seven team ske- schedule, they should average eight point four five because there could be a tie. Eight point seventeen divided by two, eight point five. Knock it down to eight point four five. Further, AFC has to play. Um, Actually, the AFC had the nine home games this year. So that, that, that was, would be in favor of the NFC. But the bottom line, um, I want to play more unders than overs. And here you're playing four overs, essentially. The Titans were lined right around nine wins. And San Diego was right around nine wins. So those, those teams were barely projected to have winning records. If you call those 50-50 bets, I get it. They're a little better than 50-50. The chance of winning is one half times a half is a fourth. And you add two more teams, and the numbers just don't support it. You could look at the circa alternative lines that they offer, plus a, an extra win down and up to get these all these teams to eight and a half. And if you worked out the math, you're not getting paid enough. Plus Ross, what happens when these teams play each other? Well, now somebody wins, somebody loses, and so as soon as one of these teams has a really good year, it's more likely one of the other teams goes under. So no good, negative EV bet, no good. Yeah, and that was
0: all AFC teams. It's a zero-sum game on some level with all those AFC teams. Uh, We got one more, Steve. This comes to us from D. Bettis. Not J. Bettis, like Jerome Bettis, the bus, but D. Bettis. Hey, Ross. Been following you since 2009. Football Today on ESPN. That is amazing. That's a shout-out blast from the past. I really hope you read this and ask Steve this question. The juice, I always hear experts talk about the juice. Why should I care about the juice when I can do a 10-team minus 600 or better money line parlay bet, $250, and receive $1,167? Especially during the college football season, that bet is almost guaranteed. Out of 15 college weeks on average, I win on 11 to 12 weeks. So why should I care about the juice when I'm winning almost every week and turning profit year after year? P.S. I was officially banned from Harrington casino in Delaware week six, 2020 for winning too much.
1: Welcome to the party, pal. I've been banned (laughs) from a few places myself. So uh the bottom line is if you pick a year where there's very few upsets of course if you're money lining all the big favorites you can win but um it's not the optimal way to go maybe you're playing against a book where the money lines are too low maybe there is value no reason to parlay them i'll use an example let's say somehow by some miracle there were 10 big favorites over the course of a weekend and they were not being played at the same time one started at 7 a.m then 10 a.m., then 1 o'clock. I get it. Some are going to be played at the same time. Bear with me. You're laying minus 600 on the money line. So you start out, you're paying the VIG. Believe me, you're paying the VIG. You're risking 600 to make 100. You're laying minus 600. Boom, that bet wins. You cash it. Now you got 700. Now you put it on the second game. You're laying the VIG again, minus 600. You see where I'm going. Just by putting them into a parlay does not magically mean you're not paying the same vigorous. That doesn't mean it's not profitable, but there's no reason you have to parlay everything You can just go ahead and put those bets in if they have value individually, but be forewarned. There will be the case that Iowa State is going to be a 28.5 point underdog and they're going to beat Kansas State and you're going to lose laying minus, I guess, 2,200 in a case like that. It will happen. So the net net is, how much
0: do they add to the VIG when you parlay it as opposed to if you just took each one on their own?
1: That is a tremendous question. They don't add anything. They do give you the true mathematical odds. However, when you parlay three teams, that makes it impossible for you to shop for the best number in each and every game. In other words, Casino A might have minus 580 in the first game. Casino B might, might have minus 550 in the second game. But um, you're having to lay minus 600 on all three games because Casino A and B have higher money lines on different games. That's the biggest disadvantage of the parlays. Now, if you do play a two-team parlay, Ross, that pays 13-5, to you're not getting true odds. And you're actually laying a little over minus 111 on each leg. That's why two-team parlays typically are are very bad to play.
0: Check him out on social media. The guy pretty much knows everything about sports betting. It is amazing. Treasure trove of information at Fezzik Sports. Make sure you check out the highlight clips from today's show at Ross Tucker Pod on social or just go to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you got to check out Steve's outfits. I mean, last week he was wearing a Rams jersey. This week he's rocking no sleeves. Looking, I mean, you might be the most fit professional better that is out there, Steve. Absolutely love it. Um, What a fun season it's been. Hopefully the Bengals come through. Either way, looks like we're both going to finish the year plus money in the black, which will really be nice. Other than that, good luck, everybody.